Chapter 11 of Vayikra contain, contains the rules about what things may be eaten and what are impermissible. That is to say, living things. All vegetation is permissible. And chapter 11 deals with living organisms. Essentially, there are five groups in chapter 11 that the Torah speaks of. One of the animals that walk the earth, the fish of the waters, the birds, the the insects or other things that fly, apart from birds, and uh, that which crawls upon the earth. The Torah begins, of course, with the animals, the behemah, and when it comes to the animals, the Torah gives us a rule of what animals are permitted to eat and which animals are not permitted to eat. And the Torah says, in chapter 11, in the third uh, verse, Kom afreset parsa v'shosad shesa prasot ma'rat geira ba'abema So any animal that has hooves, cleft hooves, and that chews its cud, you may eat. So it requires these two uh, criteria, cleft hooves and chewing the cud. An animal which has neither of the two, obvious you can't eat. But even an animal that has one of the two, you also may not eat. And the Torah gives us uh, four examples of animals that don't that have one of the, of the criteria, but not both. Three of these four animals, the hare, the camel, the daemon, they have, uh, they chew their cud, but they don't have cleft hooves. The fourth is the pig, the chazir, which in fact has cleft hooves. However, it does not chew its cud. In verse number seven, chazir ki mafris parsahu, v'shosa shesa parsah, v'hu geiro yigar, tamehu lachem. So th- of the four that the Torah mentions, and obviously, by extension, for certain, if it has neither of the two criteria, it certainly is impermissible to eat. These four are impermissible. It's interesting that the chazir is the only one that has the external sign but doesn't have the sign you can see, chewing its cud from the outside. You can't observe whether or not it chews its cud. But you can see whether or not it has split hooves, and that's taken in the rabbinic tradition to be representative of something that appears to be good externally, but internally is not good. The pig becomes the ultimate symbol of that which is not kosher. And here the Torah says it's both impermissible to eat, but it's also tamehu tameim heim lachem, if it dies, so the, an animal which dies is not just, some of them are impermissible, but in fact, it's also metame. It makes you ritually impure. This chapter deals with two things. Chapter 11 of Vayikra deals with the animals or the living organisms you may not eat, impermissible but also which of them defiles by touch. If you touch them, you become ritually impure. 
we should remember that in the previous chapter, the Torah spoke of the role of the priest in the Kohen, and this is found in chapter 10, after the death of Nadav and Avihu, the Torah, God spoke to Aharon in chapter 10, in verse number 8, verse number 9, Yain v'shechar al-teisht, you shall not drink any intoxicating beverage, you or your children, p'vorachem o'om o'ed v'rotamutu, chukato ramu derotechem, so there's the prohibition about drinking when you enter into the sacred precincts. And the next verse, u'lahavdiu v'ein ha-kodesh u'vein ha-chol, and to distinguish between the holy and the secular, and between tamei and that which is impure, So here it's to distinguish between that which is tamei and that which is uh, not tamei. And the word tamei functions in our chapter in two senses. One is tamei, you can't eat it. And the second is, it communicates impurity. So that's the role of the priest. The priest, the priest's job is to teach, to teach about these distinctions. So it starts first with the animals, and then the Torah moves to the fish. When it comes to the fish, the Torah in chapter 11 gives us no specific fish at all. It doesn't mention the particular fish. But it mentions what determines whether a fish is kosher or not kosher, and the Torah says if it has snapir v'kaskeset, typically translated as fins and scales. A fish that has fins and scales may be eaten. A fish that has, doesn't have fins and scales is not permissible. And the Torah doesn't give specific examples. Nor does the Torah speak, when it comes to fish, of communicating impurity. The fish, dead fish, does not communicate impurity. Live organisms never communicate impurity, but if fish which dies also does not communicate impurity, then the Torah moves in chapter 13 to that to the birds, mina'of. And when it comes to the birds, it's very striking that with the birds, the Torah does not give any criteria. It simply mentions birds that may not be eaten. It doesn't talk about all about what may be eaten. It only speaks about what may not be eaten. There seems to be a correlation, however, already in the Talmud, it would appear that birds of prey are impermissible. That may not be the only criterion, but certainly birds of prey, the majority of the birds on the list are birds of prey. And here, too, you may not eat them, but the Torah mentions nothing about communicating impurity. When it comes to Swarming things that fly, in general, the Torah says they're all impermissible to eat. They don't communicate uh, any kind of impurity, but the Torah gives four exceptions as to what kind of swarming things may be eaten or permissible to eat. Grasshoppers, crickets, these are the four. Some of these are, it's not exactly clear what they are, but crickets and grasshoppers certainly are on the list. They are permissible to eat. And finally, that which swarms over the earth, all kinds of insects or whatever, and rodents which crawl upon the earth, they're all impermissible to eat. They, for the most part, do not communicate impurity except for eight. There are eight rodents 
that are mentioned, that swarm upon the earth, the mole, the mouse, the lizard, that they're not only impermissible to eat, but they also communicate impurity. So here in the book of Vayikra, which is about uh, impurity and purity as opposed to what may or may not be eaten, here in this list, the Torah mentions both. It talks about communicating impurity, and it talks about which is impermissible to eat. It's interesting that in chapter 14, in Sefer Dvarim, we have a very, very similar list in chapter 14 of Deuteronomy, but there it does not mention anything about ritual impurity. It only mentions which animals may or may not be eaten. Perhaps someday we come to Dvarim, we'll discuss that list as opposed to the list in Vayikra, which is a very similar list. Now, the chapter raises all kinds of interesting questions. What's interesting, for our purposes, at the end of the chapter, the Torah gives a rationale for these rules. So the Torah says, gives a rationale, you shall make your, I am God, I the Lord am your God. Sanctify yourselves and be holy, for I am holy. I am holy. I am the God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, and the last verse of the chapter, to distinguish to that which is pure and impure, that which may be eaten or not be eaten, that which is tamay and that which is tahar. As I mentioned, because the chapter has two themes, what you may eat or may not eat, what it communicates impurity and does not communicate impurity. The question is actually, and a very important question, what is the rationale behind these prohibitions? Why are certain animals impermissible? Without getting now into the details of it, and perhaps we'll revisit this, but the end of the chapter makes a simple point. Kikodosha, Kedusha in the Torah, sanctity relates and is intimately connected to limitation. The very fact that some are limited, you can't have all the animals, you can't eat all the animals. In fact, when it comes to the animals, there are very few animals that you may eat, that's permissible to eat. Swarming things over the face of the earth, you can eat none of them. Fish, relatively few, only those that have fins and scales. So the idea of kadosh, the idea of limitation, or separateness, is something that is at the heart of the chapter now. That is not to say that that's the only rationale of the chapter, and many uh, people over time have made suggestions about reasons, other reasons, other significances of these of the of the dietary rules. But minimally, we can begin with the idea that God says, "I have, I am sanct, I am sake, I am holy, I am separate," and. I want humanity to imitate God. The way I am kadosh and separate, you too should self-limit and separate. And in limiting the human being 
affirms humanity. I am not God, on one hand, but I can try to imitate God as much as possible on the other.